to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm a pay-to-win loot box system in a Star Wars game. I'm Ian and Alex. <laughs> this week, we're looking at Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Yep. Is this the blandest movie we've ever watched? Surely there's something else. Let... Sorry, Alien 3... Matrix Revolutions was kind of bland. And I would compare this fairly similarly to that movie. That's fair. That's very fair. Um, Not as bad as that, but... Maybe Alien vs. Predator? Yeah. Kind of just like, it's there, I guess? That's the same, same kind of feeling. I did like this more than Alien vs. Yeah, yeah. Sure. We'll get going in, in a second, folks. I, I, I'm just curious. Um, people will probably say X-Men Apocalypse is bland. Yeah. The Lost World Jurassic Park. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> or Jurassic Park that, 3. I would argue both of those lean toward, closer to bad than bland. That's fair. Like, not that they can't be both, but, but I think there's more genuinely... You know. Oh, hello, what phone. What have you done? What have I done? Oh, sorry, folks. <laughs> well, behind the scenes here, we have actual lives. Because <laughs> we have actual phones. I mean, that too. How else am I supposed to look at my trusty list of misgivings? Oh, my lord. Have I, have I copywritten that yet? No. Trademark? Whatever the... You, I, you, I should probably you know. Me, you gave me a check to go to the patent office, and I spent it all on, like, Disney movies or something. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say the check didn't come from me, it came from Disney. No, no, uh, spin it so that I can, on, my, on the side, I can review a bunch of Disney movies. And yeah. Then, I mean, we're I'll, reviewing... I'll, get, I'll get my checks back. I mean, we're reviewing a Disney movie right now. Exactly. Oh, okay. I thought you meant you were going to start doing other Do you think you movies. chose to review this franchise? Yes. Well, you're wrong. Yeah, people, this is all my fault. <laughs> I was like, oh, I enjoy all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. This will be fun. And then slowly just... It's, it's been fine. It's been it fine. So Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, directed by Gary Marshall. I from Rob Marshall. Rob Marshall? Oh. I'm, two different directors. I'm, I'm messing up here. Let me, let me just Google and make sure. Okay. I think Anyways, it was Rob Marshall. It has a 33% uh, critic score and a 54% audience score. Yeah, uh, that's about right. Yep. Maybe. And maybe a little. That is the know. lowest for both of this series thus far. Okay. <sighs> so, do you want me to go first with the best and worst? Yeah. Stuff. I don't have much opinion. Rob Marshall. Yes, it was. Good, yeah. Good call. Yeah. I remember because I watched it. I, I saw that name and I was like, "Oh, well, this is not going to be a good movie." <laughs> like just just right away, I saw, and I'm, I mean I liked he I looked it up later and he did Into the Woods, which I did like. Um, he he mainly does musicals, yeah, which makes a lot of sense given what we have in this movie, because a lot of the action sequences just feel like dance numbers, if that makes any sense. Yeah, they feel super over choreographed. This isn't my worst thing, by the way, but but a lot of them just feel like that they've been choreographed to death instead of like feeling yeah. real. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Um, my best thing is probably... Okay, th this is one where it's just kind of like everything's just stagnant. Yep. So there's there's not a whole lot to really... Not a whole lot of bright spots for me. 
but I, I don't hate this movie. I, I, I enjoy it just fine, but it's just, it, it is kind of bland. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go Penelope Cruz because I think her performance has the most charisma. Sure. I feel like she brings the most personality to any of the characters aside from Johnny Depp, but I have problems. Yeah. I have problems with, with Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Uh, as I've talked about in the previous uh, episodes, I think slowly he just devolves into more and more of a cartoon character. And I think that is the absolute worst in the next one. That one's just like a huge leap in how cartoony sure. he gets. Which I have not seen, so that should yes. be fun. Um, but my best thing is Penelope Cruz. I, I just wish they had more for her to do. Mm-hmm. I almost would have thought... It, I, I think it would have been interesting if they made her the bad guy instead of doing the whole Blackbeard thing. Yeah. Like, what if it, what if they just make it... Oh, the the new antagonist is an, yeah. an ex... You know, an old flame of Jack's. Yeah, that would be cool. And it's a lot more interesting than, oh, we need to go to the fountain so I can save my father and he's a bad person, but nah, I'll, I'll give my years to him anyway for some reason. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, My worst thing is making Jack the only protagonist in the movie, like having him be the main character now. Yeah. Um. Watching this movie, it really becomes painfully obvious just how important... Will and Elizabeth were as characters yes. in these movies. They're they're because they were great as great for both taking the focus off of Jack, so it didn't completely become the Jack Sparrow show, right? And they also were much more realistic and human characters for us to relate to. Yeah. And now we've just got sort of the not even comic relief. I mean, he's he's a good character in at least the first movie, and yeah. and in flashes through the next two, it's just. You've kind of took taken a character that. I mean, I guess you could argue he was the main character in the first one. It's just I would argue him and Will are dual exactly. protagonists, like and you could argue that Elizabeth makes a third protagonist. Like you could, there's there's so much. I think they share pretty equal screen time. Yeah. The three of them together. Yeah, throughout those first three movies, I mean, it's pretty balanced, and so when you take him, who is has always been kind of the most ridiculous and outlandish of the three. Yeah. And blow him up, and well, especially because because they they take the the things that that everybody claims to love about Jack. Oh, they love how goofy he is. They love how slapsticky he is. Yeah, and they just amplify that. Even though it's one of those things where people will say that's their favorite thing about Jack, but that's not really the reason they like Jack. Yeah. At least as far as the first movie goes. It's, it's like when people, when when you're talking about a really good action movie, like say we're talking about Die Hard, mm-hmm. and somebody goes, oh, my favorite thing about that movie is the action sequences. Yeah. That's probably not true. That's probably not the reason you it's actually like the because, movie. Well, it's probably not the... You might lo- love the action sequences, but it's probably not because yeah. of the action sequences. It's or because... Terminator 2. Perfect yeah, example. Yeah, it's it's because of what they mean and the characters and... The, and their the, context in the story. The, the stakes. Yeah. It's, it's all of that combined. Yeah. That affects why you're actually enjoying it so much. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. Where in the first movie, I mean, if if the Jack Sparrow in this movie was the Jack Sparrow from the first movie through and through, you can make a really interesting, complex protagonist out of that. It also doesn't help that he's a char- He doesn't have a character arc whatsoever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is he's he's kind of just stagnated through the, the next couple of movies because they don't want to change him too much. Because yeah. if you start to change him, I guess the issue becomes: is he still the Jack Sparrow that people yeah. like? And so when they start to change him, then it kind of just turns into... <sighs> yeah, just... just 
a character who's not particularly interesting and kind of just gets away with ridiculous stuff. And Yeah. I do like how they, they do tone down the cartoony physics a lot from the At least from the two. second one. Yeah. Well, from the third movie, too, yeah. when he's up on the, on the banister fighting Davy Jones on top yeah. of the ship. That's uber that's, ridiculous. That's probably more just because of the change of directors and... Yeah. This this movie overall, I I, I do appreciate that it, they lower the stakes mm-hmm. instead of trying to, you know, rate or the scope more than the stakes. Well, the stakes too, which is interesting because you wouldn't think, and I I don't know if I agree with him doing that when the MacGuffin is the Fountain of Youth. Yeah, because that should be the kind of thing where it becomes a huge deal, almost like an arms race of people trying to take this so that they can you know control the world it also doesn't help that they make the the rules surrounding the fountain of youth super super complicated it's and and that's that's one thing that bothers me because on the one hand i'm thinking wow this is a much simpler story at least surface level than the than the second and third movies the second and third movies get way too complicated get way too bogged down and you and I like it when it gets very simplistic. Mm-hmm. Mostly towards the end of the third movie. Sure. But this one, on the surface, is like, oh, we're back to a simple story. It's just an adventure. It's a race to get to the Fountain of Youth. But then but then they say, oh, we need to get these chalices from Ponce de Leon's ship. Yeah. We need a mermaid tear. And drinking the Fountain of Youth, the water from that, only gets your life by sucking it away from another person. Yeah. Okay. I don't... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this movie, I started off... Um, I ha- I mean, I had no real opinion of this movie. I, I, I knew you had said that you like it a little more than most people. Although, to be fair, going into this, I, I, was, I was constantly saying, I am a defender of these movies. <laughs> I don't have much of a leg to stand on anymore. <laughs> Just like Barbosa. What? Can you insert the the SpongeBob Mr. Krabs a world's smallest violin <laughs> there? Um But yeah, it's the I I went in, I was, you know, kind of I was ready, I was like, you know, I bet I'll enjoy this movie alright. I I I I from what I'd seen of it, just bits and pieces, I I didn't really understand why people didn't like it that much. And then pretty much right away it just immediately started to lose me. There is just a lot of... I don't know. It, I feel that this movie does a really poor job of trying to build stakes in any conceivable way. Did you say both of your things? Yes. Okay. So my best thing was Penelope Cruz because I feel like she's the only one with a real character or she's the only interesting one really in this movie. And my worst thing was just making Jack the, the sole protagonist. Yeah. Um, I think my worst thing is probably the time jump. Not even time jump, just event jump at the beginning of the movie because there's so much that we get... There's so much that happens off screen. Yes, just random exposition where we, we're just sitting there thinking, when did this happen? Why didn't we see that? Yeah. It would have been cool if the beginning of the movie was the Black Pearl getting sunk. Yeah. That would have been awesome. Instead, we get a weird guy getting fished out of the ocean, and he's suddenly alive, even though it looked like he had drowned. Yeah. They take him to the Spanish leadership, 
And he goes, Ponce de Leon. Yeah. And then they just know to go to the Fountain of the Youth. Did he have a map or something? Uh, I th- yes. I think he did. Okay. How did he get I the map? So. Who's, who's that guy? I don't know. What's his story? I don't know. Oh, wait. We just need a lazy excuse for the Spanish to be involved in yeah. this. So they can it's... destroy the Fountain of Youth at the end of the movie. Yeah. Did they do, like, anything in between? No. There's the one scene where they're sailing past Barbosa and the English, and they're like, or, or Barbosa goes, oh, they didn't even stop to turn and look at us. Yeah. They, they just sail for the yeah. Fountain of Youth. Eh. Even though they show up last. Yeah. <laughs> they, it, you know, they, they, they missed their turn. They had to, to pull around. There was there wasn't a oh no that that bit where they end up with the chalices they're the first ones to get the chalices and Barbosa and Jack have to go get the chalices from their camp oh is that who they get it from yes okay I think that says something that we don't even remember like the full context of it's the scene just immediately <laughs> from the very beginning of the movie you start off with it with another it's another trying to build up you know st- we we've already kind of had this this we've already kind of got fatigue from. You know, the mystery of the first movie building up through that and the fact that they're all immortal and, and, you know, figuring out how that happened and how they can reverse the curse and all that. That was all really interesting and mystical and they, they pulled it together and they, you know, they they steadily paced that throughout the movie and at the end you've got the, the army of the, de- the undead marching under the ocean and that's awesome. And then the next two movies slowly build up not even really slowly but they build up you know Davy Jones and, and the, the Flying Dutchman and all the rules behind that Kraken shows up for a bit and there's there's and you know you've got the Teodolith stuff with the Maelstrom at the end and it just it just escalates to such a huge level and then we're right back to trying to build up oh here's another fancy mystical thing that's happening and it's really cool and exciting and, and here's another fairly generic MacGuffin we have to go after yeah at because in the last two movies, or in the last two stories, I guess, you know, T- Davy Jones and Barbosa, they were compelling characters that were the center of these things that they slowly yeah. sort of brought up. Then this movie, it's like there's Ponce de Leon and also Blackbeard. Ponce de Leon. I mean, I know he's not actually in the movie, but like they're, they're building up the, the thing. Oh, with the chalices. Yeah. Mean, yeah. They're, also, they're... how did his boat end up like where it is? That's what I'm saying. I, I don't. That made no sense. I don't understand anything about the, the backstory. We don't have any context for that. They're just sort of... Which is vaguely... weird, because these movies are, are so focused on, like... Or, or you'll have Gibbs show up and just give huge exposition dumps, yeah. even though there's no way Gibbs would know half the information he has. Exactly. <laughs> and so they just sort of build up... You know... I don't know. They, they immediately start trying to make this the next big, epic, you know, mysterious, mystical item thing. Yeah. And Blackbeard's in there, and there's not really... He's, he's just not a very good character, and he's not very interesting. And... Well, it's, it's because... It's similar to how Barbosa is in the first movie, where he's just an irredeemable prick. Yeah. The problem is, Barbosa was charismatic, because Jeffrey yes. Rush was amazing. Here, I can't remember the actor's name. He's I feel Ian, like I like... Ian McShane. He's a very yeah. good actor, but he has nothing to do other than be evil. Yeah. And he's not charismatic. Yeah. There's there's none of those impactful scenes of dialogue like Barbosa has with several characters in yeah. the first movie where he's he's discussing, you know, why he wants to be free of this curse. It also does help that Barbosa has a personal backstory with Jack. Exactly. There's there's so much more going on and this is just Like of... I said, that 
Angelica's interesting in this movie because she's got the backstory with Jack. Yeah. Blackbeard doesn't. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, all of all of that combines to just. I feel like the movie just gets off to such a, such a flat start and never really recovers. Yeah. Because there's the weird stuff with Gibbs and and Jack Sparrow oh, yeah. portraying a judge. Yeah, somehow Jack is able to sneak in there and dress up as a Which judge. Which is fine, I guess. It's just... It's fine in this over-the-top whatever. But, but but it's that happens and then... Gibbs is also on trial as... Because people think he's Jack Sparrow. Yes. Which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I thought they had wanted posters for what these people looked like. And there's like another Jack Sparrow. I mean, we, we know who that is, but I'm saying... Why why did they capture Gibbs when and there's clearly... a and and Angelica's be, you know pretending to be Jack Sparrow and she's she's trying to get a crew for, yeah. for to go find the Fountain of Youth yeah and then yeah and then you have the king and he's saying I need Jack Sparrow all that stuff just seems yes very again weird I I think. We may have been talking about this beforehand. It kind of feels like the entire point is, oh, hey, we want Jack Sparrow to fight Jack Sparrow. That's that's literally the only reason all that is set up. And, of course, he finds out, he figures out who it is from kind of a cliche, not set up. Oh, I, I recognize that move. Only one person in the world knows how to do that move. Yeah. You know what would help? If you actually showed us, like, a really cool move that looked really hard to pull off instead of just generic sword play... Yeah. That looks bonus like points been, if it's something like, Jack actually did. You know, yeah. maybe call back to that first like fight with him and Will. Yeah, or something. Anything. Well, especially because that scene is yes. aping, is aping that yes, that exactly. bit so hard where it's it's even in a very similar room. They go up on the the banisters up top and they're fighting like Will and Jack mm-hmm. did in the first one. Yeah, and it have some creative ending to it like. The first one. Have him try to do... I forget what he did, but have him try to do whatever he did to Will. To disarm Will. He he pulled out the bag of dirt and he, like, threw it on him. So it blinded him. And they pulled out his gun. Right. I don't know. Have him try something like that and then she dodges. Something. Anything. As it is, it's just kind of weird. Um, And then, of course, we get kind of like a giant middle finger because suddenly Barbosa shows up and he's wearing, like, makeup and it's very strange... And he's missing a leg, and the back black pearl got sunk, and it's just sort of generally confusing. And at this point, we are to assume that every single person that we saw in the black pearl, other than Barbosa, at the end of the third yeah. movie, is dead. Because somehow Barbosa survived, and then it's like, the... yeah, that he's that is very he, weird. It's a really cool idea to have Barbosa try to be a privateer. Yeah, but they don't do anything with that. Like, I love that idea of oh, he's you know he's this this two faced guy, and he's going back and forth, and so now he's decided the winning side is to be back on the side of the government, and that yeah. kind of... And he's kind of abusing the system. Which kind of annoys me, because they spent so much of the last movie saying we need to fight against the sure. government, because sure. the pirates need to start fighting and defending themselves. But either way, that's an interesting taking yeah. go with, is that he's just looking for the money, he's right. looking to, for self-preservation, you know, that's fine. And and But they don't do anything with that, they make it sort of comical and weird, because he's wearing the makeup, and like it's just sort of strange, and they don't explore his character with that really at all. And then at the end, you find out, oh, I don't actually care about all that. I just wanted to, like, get yeah. a chance at killing Blackbeard. Yeah, all of my motivations that I said earlier, nah, it's just to get Blackbeard. Yeah, it's sort of like, oh, oh, okay. Also, it's very convenient that all the parties involved 
find out that they need, they need to discover uh, go get the Fountain of Youth at like the same time. Yeah. <sighs> Mostly, it's it's just weird that the Spanish and Blackbeard decide to go after the Fountain of Youth at the exact same time. Yeah. That's that's the main thing because obviously Barbosa and Jack both knew about it beforehand. Yeah. So when Barbosa finds out, oh, Blackbeard's going after it, I'm going to go follow him. You know, that that makes it enough sense. Yeah. Did you give your best thing? No. And your worst thing? Or did I we just go off? Thing. Okay. My worst thing was the the time jump. Okay, right. I don't know if I have a best thing. You could just say Hans Zimmer score. I was about to say Hans Zimmer score. <laughs> there were some moments in here where I was like, oh, that's cool. They're doing stuff with it. That's that's all I got. That's really all I got. It's not. It's not a great... There, there's nothing about this movie that made me think, oh, yeah, that's really cool. Like, I'm excited. You know, that... That added something to this franchise. Yeah. I don't know why I'm not hard enough on this movie. Like, I should hate this movie, right? Yeah, maybe. I don't hate it. It's just there's nothing that stands out. And I think the third one was such a perfect ending. Yeah. They should have just left it. I don't... Whatever. Do we want to go down my my list of trust... Or my trusty list of misgivings? Let's try and tackle some of the wider ideas first. I've got the widest problem as possible. The Judy Dench cameo is yeah. weird. It's very strange. <laughs> and it's kind of fun because it's like, oh, he uses... So the idea, in case you don't remember... Or you haven't seen the movie and you just feel like listening to yeah. this for some reason. Oh. Why would you ever feel interested in listening to a podcast about Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> 4 if you haven't even seen the movie? Well, just for you, we're going to describe how Judy Dench shows up in a really weird cameo for three seconds. Yes. She shows up, and um, the Jack Sparrow jumps inside her car, her, her carriage. Yeah. And gets up really close to her and, like, seemingly whispers in her ear and sort of, like, sensually, like, talks to her. And he uses it as a ruse to steal her earring. Somehow. I forget why he does that. Is it to... No, it's not to undo his shackles, because they just end up undoing them when he meets the king. Yeah. Or, no, wrong scene. See, this... Maybe yeah. it is to undo his shackles. No, 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 no. I can't remember why he gets the earring. Does he just steal it just to be like, hey, I'm Jack Sparrow, I'm stealing stuff. Is that it? I don't know. It could be. I don't remember. Is it... I feel like I should remember... <laughs> I find it horribly problematic that I don't remember. Because, yeah, so he does that. Well, he first he, he speaks to her and she, she goes, he, then he leaves the car and she leans out and she's like, is that it? And then, and then she, then and she then I, I And then I stood up opening night for this movie and I went, yes, is that it? <laughs> it's a very viable question. Good job, Judy Dench. I, I don't know. I don't know why she's... She was movie. speaking for the audience. It's very strange. It's very strange. <laughs> Um, yeah. Surely that's what it is, is that he, like, I don't know. That's really weird. I feel like I should remember this, too, but I don't. I feel like an earring would be, like, you could come up with a better item that he would steal. Maybe, was it an earring? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't remember. Either way, it's a strange scene. Yeah. Um, and it's just completely out of nowhere, and other than, like... 
Keith Richards. There's no other strange cameos like yes. that until you get to the next one where Paul McCartney just shows up. But at least that's in line with Keith Richards. Like that. Yeah. There's a connection there. Judy Dench just shows up. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, Jack Sparrow's dad is back in this movie because you remember him, right? It was kind of cool when he showed up. This is one of my favorite nitpicks of the whole movie. It's not really a nitpick; it's a problem. Yeah, where he starts explaining how how the chalices work and how important they are to get in order to reach the fountain of youth. Yeah. He starts explaining this to Jack, and I'm sitting here thinking, Jack is the only one that had the map to go find this thing. If anything, he should know all the rules. Why does his father know this stuff? Yeah. Now, to be fair, we don't actually know how much the the world at large knows about the Fountain of Youth. Yeah. But it's just very weird that they had this very specific map from the third and, movie. And there's a, a point made about Gibbs memorizing the map before he yeah. burns it, so that... Barbosa I, I hated that so much, where he goes, I... I, just before I came here, I conveniently learned every nook and cranny on that map. Yeah. I took a picture with my iPhone. <laughs> it's got a, it's got a lock on it. If you try and unlock it, it's gonna, it's gonna lock you out. It's gonna wipe all the data. So, kind of, kind of need me. <laughs> yeah, that would make just as much sense. You're not wrong, but but it almost just felt like, oh. So he's the MacGuffin machine. Anytime we need to to pull out like where to find something, we'll just use Gibbs. Yeah. Which, when you get to the next one, yeah, there's problems. <laughs> that oh didn't that didn't follow through. Oh, oh boy. Um. But yeah, it's mostly because in the next one they're trying to find the Pos- or uh, the Trident of Poseidon. Interesting. You would think that would be on that map. Because that map points to everything, I guess. Sure. Or not? Who cares? None of this matters. Yeah, that's that's the bottom line. Do we want to talk about the priest and the mermaid? Sure. I don't mind this storyline. I don't mind it to a point. Yeah. Mostly when it gets to the end, and then they just like kiss and they go underwater. I'm like, oh, I guess we'll never see them again. <laughs> Is <laughs> he alive? For, yeah, probably. Thanks for know. soaking up the screen time, idiots. Yeah. He, he is alive. They do have a line of dialogue where, where that says, oh, um, they can save uh, men if they kiss them. They have a throwaway okay, line about okay. that. Okay, okay. So the, the, the implication is he is asking for help because he's been mortally wounded, and she kisses him, and, and they go live together, I guess. <laughs> I don't I'm know. See. Is this the prequel to Aquaman? Yes. Actually. He looks more like comic book Aquaman than Jason Momoa. Yeah. I'm not going to say whether that's a... What wait, wait, wait. He's the guy from the Hunger Games movies who has the trident. Is he the same guy? I yes. was wondering that. Is he the, yes. is he the same guy? That's funny. That's really funny. Wow. <laughs> Maybe there will be a plot twist. Maybe Jason Momoa will die in Justice League like yep. right away. They'll just replace him with that guy. I'm not going to say whether or not that's a good or a bad idea. I'm just, uh, <laughs> anyway. I wash um, my hands of this weirdness. Sure. Um, I That was the, the... The bits where the priest is arguing with Blackbeard was the only interesting, like, thematic or idea stuff yes. to me. Which is why I don't mind... But Jack's not a part of that argument, so who exactly. cares? And, I mean, the, it's interesting. I like the character and the, the characters, and I like that 
it's it this this made me feel a lot more than like anything else in the movie, which is not to say much at all. Yeah. But it's still something that I was like, okay, so they're they're trying to draw us in emotionally with some characters that aren't just oh look here's Jack and Gibbs and Barbosa, it's all your favorite, you know, pirates and they're doing pirate stuff. It's it's okay, we're trying to introduce some more interesting characters here. Right. And I know they did that with Penelope Cruz as well. I I don't know. Penelope Cruz didn't really do it for me all that much. Um I'm not sure why that is. I, I feel like she did not have great chemistry with Jack. Um, to be fair, she was trying to kill him for most of the movie. Yeah, but but <laughs> the, the, I feel that that relationship is perfect for what yeah. to, to play off of. Like, yeah. you know, I, I think the main problem is just that Jack is played too cartoony. And she, yes. and she is more like a real character. Yeah. So you try to have if them. he was closer to it, it's like if they if they had the Elizabeth Jack stuff if like they were actually trying to build that as they are forming a relationship mm-hmm. it I feel like it would have the same effect effect yeah yeah definitely um but yeah I I feel like it just sort of falls flat um yeah I know I I I, I agree to that you know I agree with that to a certain yeah, extent no uh and it doesn't help that Blackbeard again is just lame and not really. Yeah, charismatic or like I said, they should have just axed him and made Angelica the main bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Plus, making a female bad guy—that's something different. It, it really does feel like they put in Blackbeard just to be like, okay, it's a pirates movie. We're gonna have Blackbeard. Yeah, you can be excited. Yeah, that's that's, and just the weird thing where he's got the the weird sword. Yeah, and, and like the ship, the ship has powers. Just the effect of, like, all the ropes grabbing the crew members, it's kind of lame. Yeah. It's not very exciting. It's not very dynamic. It's not... It just kind of looks weird. It's not near... I mean, uh, the big... Again, going back to sort of the stakes raising and all that stuff, it doesn't hold a candle to all the creepy sea crewmen of the Dutchmen, you know, and and the first introductory scenes of them, you know, running the ship and how, like, just intense and... Maybe not terrifying, but, you know creepy and and epic and and strange it is yeah it's oh it's it's ropes and they're they're grabbing guys that's kind of cool i guess you want to know the budget for this movie what 250 million dollars what was the budget for the last movie 300 million for world at world's end it feels like these are those are among the two i think at world's end adjusting for inflation everything is the most expensive movie ever made well i believe I could be wrong about that. Of course, with like all the the fifty million Avatar sequels that James Cameron has planned, that that could be sure. different. <laughs> it feels like there's a two hundred million dollar difference between the, the, these two movies. The Mermaid sequence looks terrible. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, terrible I, is exaggerating, but it's it's not good. Yeah, I think that's the the most effective of the action sequences, just because that just looking at it objectively is the most creative set piece. Sure. But it's still... I don't know. I, I just... I think the effects don't look very good. I, oh, oh, hello. You just dropped your glasses there. Fine. It's also very lame it's how... metaphor. Jack blows up the tower and they have the... It's it's like the, the action hero slowly walking away from the thing as it blows up. Yeah. It's like that. They even do it slow motion. Yeah. As he jumps out of it like an action hero. And I'm, I'm thinking, I, that's not Jack. I don't think there were really any, like, inspired action scenes in this movie. I think this is one of the most flatly shot movies I've yes. ever seen. Which is weird because apparently they, they there was a huge 
I don't want to say snafu, but apparently they, they shot with IMAX cameras, I believe. <laughs> so you'd think it would look a bit more interesting than this. But apparently yeah, they, they had a lot of issues trying to figure all that stuff out. That's crazy. Because you have a director who's not that yes. technically minded. Yes. Um. <sighs> I mostly know this because I listened to a Nerdist episode with Ian McShane and he was talking about how, how long it would take for them to get the shots set up correctly with Weird. the IMAX camera. Uh-huh. Huh. Um. Yeah, it's kind of an ugly movie. It's not... I don't know what... I don't know. Which is weird, because we'll get to the next one, and I think the the next one is maybe the best looking of all of them? Really? Because I was going to say, it feels like we've been on an upwards progression. I mean, the first one doesn't look bad, but it's still kind of dull. It's early 2000s. Sure. And then the second one, it's back and forth. There's some CGI stuff that's a little iffy, but I mean... The third one looks... The third one is... Yeah, it's pretty great. great. Yeah. It's it's really good. It's really well shot. It's it's it's. I think the main thing with the the fifth one is just there's tons of color. Okay. This one's just kind of bleh. Yeah, it's just very washed out. And not even like color grading, like like a Man of Steel problem where it's just no. it's like it just has a great color filter. But it, it, this is just it's it's the production design just doesn't look it, very. It feels like they didn't they just didn't know how to draw the light out of the environment at all. Yeah. I don't know. And um, that could like, be part unlike of the previous thing. And that could be part of the problem where like a lot of your internal environments, all you have is candles to light it. Yeah. Like you you can't have tons of other light because yeah. then it becomes distracting and weird. But I do I do think the other three movies did that really well. They were able to make Corbinski's good with atmosphere. Yeah, very. So it, it's definitely a step down. Yeah. Um Yeah. I just find it so weird that this movie cost $250 million. I have no idea where all that money went. It did make over a billion, though. Did it really? Yes, it did. Well, good for it. This is either the first or second most successful of the bunch in terms huh. of box office. That's crazy. Which is odd, because I would have figured after the, the third one, then there would have been like a steep yeah. drop-off. Well, I can see the fourth one not, not being steep drop-off, but I guess I just didn't. I mean, the third one made a ton, didn't it? Yes. Let me check the box office stuff on here real quick. Oh, the... Well, this is, uh... This is domestic gross. I need worldwide gross. Come on. Okay, there we go. There we go. Um... Okay. This is very close, but Dead Man's Chest is the highest grossing. Huh. Yeah. With one billion, uh... Sixty-six million. And some change. <laughs> sure. And then Stranger Tides is one billion and forty-five. Really? What mm-hmm. was the third one is nine hundred and sixty-three million. So it didn't wow. even break a billion. That's crazy. You'd think they would have axed the budget after I mean I know that's that's still a, a solid profit, but after they spent that much and didn't see that much of a return, you'd think that for this this one they would have been like, Nope, we're scam like you'd think they would have it feels that feels almost like a uh, Amazing Spider-Man issue where they originally were like, "Oh, we just want to make sort of, you know, like a like a intimate and and this is not a great comparison yeah. because Sony's incompetent." But I, I get what they're talking about where they say, "Oh, we want like a Twilight thing where it's it's just a little like sort of teen drama," and then somehow they it just kept getting inflated by other by 
other Sony executives saying, oh, you know, we want to stuff in the lizard and... Can I just date this podcast? Every Sony movie that has come out this year and been good is not because of Sony. Yeah. Because they haven't actually made any of these movies. I'm yeah. specifically talking about Blade Runner, Spider-Man, and Baby Driver. They did not make any of those. There is There are other parties involved that actually made those movies. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile... The Emoji Movie. The Emoji Movie... <laughs> What a hit! <laughs> Continue. I'm sorry, I, I rambled a bit. Hey. Yeah, your point about uh, the the first Amazing Spider-Man being supposedly being a a sort of low key character romance piece, and then Sony just and then it gets escalated to everyone's turning into lizards. Yeah, and I I I'm really curious how that happened with this one because I I surely that would have been the first reaction is to say okay well. Spent a crap ton of movie on that last one. It was a great finish. We're gonna try and cut it down. We're gonna try and back off. And I guess that's maybe more of a Disney thing. Of you know what, we're gonna put it up a bunch of money anyway. Well, it could also be the the time break because yeah. this is four years that's from the true. third one, that's very as true. opposed to the just one year break between two and three. And yeah, I guess it doesn't feel quite as much of a, as much of a cash grab. Yeah, and I mean maybe that's the smart thing to do is to you know pump a bunch of money into it to try and keep a, a franchise that seems to be declining a little bit alive and apparently worked out for him if it was the best the most second most second most successful almost the first most almost most. the first most or almost tied at least yeah so yeah that's interesting mm-hmm. weird do we want to start going down the list we can go down the list okay now of course we've already said a bunch of the points so I'll just skip past those um weird nitpick Starting with this one, Jack starts getting, like, blonde streaks in his hair. Did you find that distracting at all? Yeah. Eh. I don't know that. <laughs> I noticed it a little bit. And it just came off to me as, like, I'm starting to realize it's a wig. Yeah. Like, it seemed a lot more distracting. I don't know. It's weird, weird nitpick. Weird nitpick. I know. Okay. I follow. I don't know. And... It just comes off more as oh, it's just Johnny Depp in a costume. Yeah, I see. I see what you mean. And then in the next one, I think it gets worse because it really feels like Johnny Depp's just in a costume. Okay. I don't know. I have a love hate relationship with that fifth one. Okay. I'm ready. So yeah, they kill off most of the Black Pearl crew off screen. We're skipping that. Judy Dench cameo. We're skipping (laughs) that. Um. Okay. Did I really talk about how over-choreographed I felt a lot of the action sequences? I think you were, mentioned it. But I don't think I really elaborated on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it. Just one distinct example I can think of. This felt so much like a musical number. When Jack is sort of jumping between carriages and stuff mm-hmm. in the London chase scene, and he just starts like walking on people. Like he steps on the, the piece of wood that the two guys are carrying over their shoulders. Yeah. And they don't notice or anything. He's on there for like a good five seconds. Yeah. But then he steps on a dude's head and then lands on another carriage and that guy notices him? Mm. Yeah. Just, just weird little things like that where nobody seems to be reacting. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of similar to Batman vs. Superman where you kind of just turn your brain off during the action scenes because nobody's ever going to actually talk about those again. Sure. So don't worry about it. Sure. Uh yeah, it just feels really over-choreographed. And then you get to the sword fights, and they don't feel mm-hmm. 
exciting. I, I'm, I'm not feeling fear for any of our characters, wondering if they're going to make it out really alive. Care about any of our characters? That that doesn't help, but also that they feel so over choreographed. It's similar to the Star Wars prequels, except those, like at least a lot of the fights, look interesting. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would, I would say that's fair. Is that at least those were, you know, there was some sort of style going on. Yeah. This is over choreographed, but it doesn't really have a style. And it's, not, that really, makes it's not really exciting to watch. It's yeah. not really... If it's over, over choreographed, it better at least be, you know, fun to watch, even if it's yeah. kind of ridiculous. Like, like the, the Jack versus Angelica fight. Yes. It's kind of bland. Yeah. What that other, would be excellent what if there was, like... That there? would be excellent what? if they combined those two so that it was a chase across town... Between two jacks and they're mm. doing all sorts of crazy. Just if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, do that, like, go crazy with it. Have almost like um, he goes in and he's like, "Who's being Jack?" Or yeah, something yeah. stupid. And then she just sees him bolts out the door, and then they go get into a chase scene. Yeah, or something. it'd be exciting. It'd be something different. And then, and then you know, you just have if you want to go See, crazy and have him swing between ropes and crap and whatever, then go for it. Pull pull a Kingdom of the Crystal Skull where you have Shia LaBeouf fencing Kate Blanchett. But sure. this is a context where I'm actually okay with that. Yeah, yeah why not? <laughs> yeah. Be good. Uh, that was Kate Blanchett. Hmm? Huh. Uh, and her face gets melted by aliens. Yeah. We'll get around to that franchise eventually. <laughs> and I'll try to defend Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> After we just discussed that. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Continue. Part time. <laughs> oh boy. Um. So yeah, talked about that. Talked about that. Okay. So let's get let's get to Jack shows up on the ship because they knock him out. Right. And Angelica realizes that they need him, even though he doesn't actually disclose how, whether or not he's been able to find. And it is very convenient that it is very convenient that Jack Sparrow, Blackbeard, and. The, the Spanish Spanish are all looking for the fountain at the same time. Yep. And Barbosa, I guess? Although you could argue Barbosa is... I guess Barbosa is going started. after Black. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't know. It's it's very odd. The, this is probably one Why of the... Why does Blackbeard see the Black Pearl again? Because? How does that happen? Because he doesn't like other pirates? I don't know. <laughs> It Whatever. <laughs> Continue. Uh, so Jack's on on the Queen Anne's Revenge, which, by the way, is a very cool name. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> but uh, he's trying to do the mutiny against because he believes that it's not actually Blackbeard or the Queen Anne's Revenge, right? Because Blackbeard hasn't shown his face. So Jack yeah. and the rumor is that Blackbeard is dead. Correct. Which they don't explain how he's alive, really. Uh, Whatever, it's fine. Uh, and there are zombies on the ship as well? Wait, what? Yeah, Blackbeard has his zombies. I think I missed that. Yeah, the big the big tall guys. Oh, okay. That look disfigured and gray. Maybe they've I been zombified. I, As I Scrum got, says. I got no, no idea. That's that's strange. But Jack is somehow able to convince the whole crew without Angelica or any of the zombies noticing that they need to have a mutiny. Yes. 
I don't know. That seemed weird. Yep. <laughs> movies. Okay. Continue. I have a question for you. Where does Blackbeard's magic come from? Right. Here's a sword. Because he, like, he, he does that weird stuff with the ship, and then he has like a voodoo doll, and he's torturing Jack with it for some reason? Yes. Okay. I don't see the problem here. <laughs> I, d- I don't understand. I, 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 really I need don't. an explanation. Then, I mean, clearly you, you know it's what the was, sword You know because... what was great about the Aztec treasure? We had an explanation as to how it like how yes. it worked and why it was there. Correct. Like apparently It was it was just a brief throwaway couple of sentences from Barbosa, but we didn't have to ask the question why is this thing exist? Yeah. And we, the, we mean, need little things like that. I mean Barbosa gets his sword at the end and then he can control the thing, so I assume Which by like, the way, we get to the next movie and apparently he can't control the ship or whatever. Like at no point does he try to use the ship to like blow fire or anything uh-huh. like that's never brought up again okay well I mean the end of this, this movie is kind of like oh hey I can do this alright now I'm going to make them all you know run my ship normally anyway so I guess there's that but yeah so I, I but I, he's I, fighting against Javier Bardem's people I, I, I haven't seen the movie I don't know I don't know what you want from me I want you to make a better movie uh, that probably wouldn't be that difficult. <laughs> <laughs> At least to write it. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on. Okay. I'm okay. ready. Talked about how complicated it is to use the fountain. I'm also still confused on Angelica's whole thing. Because does she purposely want to suck the years away from Jack? I guess. Because she seems very flip-floppy on it. Because... Sometimes she she seems like, oh, I'm going to sacrifice myself to save my father. And sometimes she wants to sacrifice Jack. And I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. And also also constantly blaming Jack for stealing years of her life is kind of odd. Yep. I... Especially because we don't actually know what happened. Yeah, again, there's so much... Because she seems to overplay it, and Jack, of course, underplays Can I just it. Say, there was a huge missed opportunity where, um, at the end of the movie, for 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 just like a little a fun little payoff at the end of the movie, um, when he mutinies her, and I'm probably jumping ahead of where you were, but I just want to oh, who cares? Before I forget, um, does anybody actually care about this movie? It, I, don't I enjoy it well enough, but I don't care. Yeah, um, there's a huge missed opportunity where. She she walks up to him and she's like, "There's something I always wanted to say to you," and and like he's about to because he's trying to, to abandon her, and she ends up saying, "I love you," but but it, I thought for sure, and I was I was excited because I was like, "Oh, this would be a fun moment." I thought for sure she was just gonna slap him. Yeah, that would have been great if she'd been like, "There's something I wanted to say to you all these years," and then she slaps him and he's and then he's you know someone like, I deserve that. Or, well, well, and she goes, "Oh, you totally deserve that." Yeah, and he's and he goes. You've no idea. Yeah, yeah, something, something. That would be great. That'd be fun. Also, why does she not just jump on the small boat I, I as he's I don't know dragging it away into the water? I, I don't know. He's not going very fast. She could just get on the boat and like punch him I guess and she's knock worried. him out. He'll like throw her back off. He's not exactly. In... Also, why? Why does she like? She tries to shoot him 
Yeah. But she's, she's like, really far away and she misses? Why not? And she misses in a weird angle. Too. Yeah. Why not just, like, swim up to the boat or just get there before he gets away and just shoot him? Like, I... that that whole scene is just weird. Yeah. It's one of the more entertaining scenes, though. Yeah. Did you see the after credit scene, by the way? No. Jack's voodoo doll washes back up on onto the island and, and Angelica finds it. And that's just the end of the movie. Does that come up? Nope. Whoa. Does the dog from the second movie come up in the third movie? Or fifth movie? <laughs> no. Oh. Because he's just hanging out with Captain Teague. You know what great? If when they go to the bar in London and Captain Teague's giving all the exposition on the chalices, if the dog just showed up, like the dog's there with him. Yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be fun. They don't do that. No. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm actually very disappointed that Penelope Cruz is not in the fifth one. Yeah. Especially because her and Javier Bardem were married. Oh. Yeah. So that seems like it would have been a very easy thing to logistically take care of. Okay. Actually, Javier Bardem, uh, I was listening to the special features. I know I'm talking way too much about the fifth one, but... It, in the special features for that, he was talking about how he was actually on set for the fourth one, so he kind of understood, like, how they made huh. the movie, and that kind of enticed him to want to do the fifth one. Oh, okay. This hurts my head. <laughs> uh, I'm never quite sure what Jack's motives are, are in this movie. Yep. They haven't really been clear since the first one. No. Because he seems to maybe care about Angelica, but I can't tell if it's that or he's just trying to save his own skin, and so he's using her. This is the problem when you make him the main character, because in the first one, when he's kind of switching sides, and but his motives are, are clear all the way through. Yes. We just don't realize it until But we end. don't realize it until the end. Yeah. You can't have that in a traditional, like, three-act hero-villain movie. Correct. With him as the only character, if you're going to do it that way. Correct. You need other characters, mainly, make the priest and the mermaid yeah. more prominent, yeah. maybe. Instead of just their side characters, because we need it would a fellow love story. He, Yeah. It'd be fun if he did something to help them, like, get back together or something. I don't know. Also, I don't know if he cares about them. It, it would because be, who cares? It would be fun if his Jack whole, barely interacts with either of them. Why are they in this movie? It would be fun if his whole thing was to to get like if his whole motivation was to get Barbosa killed, or not Barbosa, sorry, Blackbeard killed, and and like restore Penelope's ears to as you know, yeah, repentance or whatever for whatever he did off screen to her, yeah, and. Instead, it's just sort of, he does things, and at the end he's like, oh, look, I did a thing. And they're like, I can't believe you did a thing, Jack Sparrow. And then he's <laughs> like, well, I did, and now I'm doing another thing. And they're like, oh, my gosh, stop doing the things. And then he's like, I rum. <laughs> that's, that's my summary of this movie. It really is. <laughs> what's What's the thing? Isn't there, isn't there some callback to that that's dumb and, like, the rum thing? Probably. This movie is very... I don't remember any jokes from this movie other than the bit where Jack's gone off and he's had his little adventure with Barbosa and grabbing the chalices and he shows back up to Blackbeard's party 
and he throws a sword in front of Angelica to kind of startle her. And she says, Why is it we can't run into each other without you pointing something at me? This is the only joke I remember from this film. <laughs> I don't think I have seen a movie lose its... A franchise lose its charm in between movies as much as this outside of like Terminator 2 to Terminator 3. Not yeah. that Terminator 2 is something I'd really call charming, but like that that the sense, like the essence of what made it a great movie. Yeah. I'm not, I, it, it, I don't know when the last time I saw we we reviewed a, mo- a franchise where it went this like off the mark this quickly. Return of the Jedi to Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah, but you have a nearly twenty year. That's kind of that's kind of a, a specific instance. Yeah. And plus, at least, well, yeah, yeah. Let's let's say without doing like a super like a change. This is just another sequel. Yes, this is just we, supposed to be. We're saying without doing like a reboot or yeah. a prequel yeah. or anything like that. Because again, going from whichever Predator or Alien movie was was last before Alien versus Predator. I don't even remember which one. Uh, Alien was Resurrection. It Resurrection? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, even I know people hate that movie, but we we thought it was all right. Um, yeah, even going from that to Alien versus Predator, like. I don't think that's as bad as... Well, that might be about the same as this. I don't know. <laughs> it's just... I don't know. I don't I don't understand what happened to that first... Because after we watched that first movie, I was like, man, that was really good. I'm really hyped to be doing this franchise, you know? Yeah. And then... And, like, I, I mean, again, we like the last two movies. There's, there's a lot to be enjoyed about the last two movies. I like the third one. <laughs> I didn't really like sure. that second. I mean, I, neither did I, I really. I kind of regret the the grade I gave Dead Man's Chest. I gave it a C minus. I kind of feel like it should be lower, just in hindsight, yeah. how I feel about it. What was it that we liked about that movie? It was interesting. Like it wasn't boring. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, I, I, I I kind of forgotten a lot of the plot it's to that. Visually movie. interesting, just because Gore Verbinski knows how to build atmosphere. Sure. Davy Jones is awesome. Yeah, okay. The Kraken okay, okay. stuff. I'm, I'm back cool. on board. I'm okay. Okay. Lord Beckett's a more interesting character than Blackbeard. I don't. I don't know what I'm going to give this movie. I know. I know. We're not necessarily. Are you done with your list? Yeah, I, I ran out of things. Okay. My my last note, literally my last note, and I think I made this shortly before they actually reached the fountain was Jack has no character arc in this movie. That was my last note. Do we want to talk about the the final battle, as it were, where they actually reach the fountain? It's kind of lame. I kind of like it. Yeah. I like how it's just a bunch of fe- people fighting each other in a room. See, I would love that if they had set that up really well, so that it's yeah. it's this because they again we just kind of give all the the screen time to Jack Sparrow. Yeah, I would love if we've gotten these three competing sides, and you know maybe make us like characters from all of them. Yeah. for to, to some extent, so that you know some of them are just getting killed off, maybe and, you know get a little bit of drama. Maybe. Also, can we give Gibbs more things to do in these movies? Yeah, that'd be nice. He gets nothing to do in this movie other than like get jokes made at his expense. Yeah, like he, there's something the bit, about a pig. Yeah, there's I the guess bit that's where a joke. He's, he's dragging the pig around. And it's got the chalices on it, and, and Jacko's. You have no idea how long it took to wrangle up that thing. Yeah, I don't mean the pig. Yeah, or something, something to that effect. No, no. He says you have no idea how long it took me to wrangle up that pig. That the the big one, or not the big one, the one on four legs. I think is is the oh, line. Whatever. But still, yeah. Uh, who di- di- who directed the next movie? 
I don't remember their names. They're... Is it not this guy? No, it's not this guy. Again, it's actually two directors. I have enjoyed a movie from this director before, but I, I saw that name and I was just like, I, I already know well, it's that's because just it, not a director well, It's because name. the movie that you saw was in his wheelhouse. You saw yeah. a musical. Yeah, yeah. This is not a musical. Exactly. Oh, God. Could you imagine Pirates of the Caribbean, the musical? If, he, if this guy made it, probably better than this movie. Yeah. That's fine. I, I see no problem. The Disney will probably get on that soon enough. If you could name one thing that you would fix to sort of make this better, what would you do? Because I'm kind of stuck between give a, get, get another protagonist that's more interesting or just make Penelope Cruz the bad guy and axe Blackbeard altogether. Oh, Lord. I, I think... See, that, and that's probably why I'm so uninterested in this is because... There are movies that I watch and right away I'm just like, there's there's nothing in here that I feel as if I could salvage. Right. It's not like in Dead Man's Chest where there was a lot of interesting little things tossed around and interesting character stuff. And so I was constantly like, oh, well, you know, if, if only they kind of streamlined this and turned this character and made this character more clear. This one is just sort of, oh, I, there, there's nothing here that really interests me enough to want to change. Oh, I mean, I, I would say probably putting the Black Pearl getting sunk at the beginning of the movie just because that would be a great scene setter and that would make us feel stakes and stuff. Yeah. Maybe try to give Blackbeard some sort of motivation or just generally make him scarier somehow. Yeah. Although at that point, again, you're kind of competing with Davy Jones. So yeah, just why, why even have him? Because Davy Jones was awesome and you, I mean, there's no, I don't know. Streamline. Condense. Do we want to do grades, or do we have anything else to say? This this movie just feels like it was supposed to be a... Not even greatest hits, but... It almost feels like the direct-to-video sequel to this I, franchise. Yeah. I mean, not obviously, the production is higher than that, but... Well, it, it, it feels like that in so much as we're not with all the characters that we do, we're we don't in. have the We don't have the whole cast. We, we kind of just get stuck with one of the side characters. Yeah, um... Even though, of course, Jack's not a side character, sure. but you know but it's I mean. still the same idea. Where it's it's okay, so we don't get everybody back. The the it, it feels like they're just trying to replicate the the stuff that made you feel things in the first three movies, but yeah. they're missing like the main emotional crux in in Will and Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't think Dead Man's Chest is necessary. I gave that a D plus, right? Yes. I don't think that's necessarily a better movie. Mm. But it's a more interesting one. Yeah. And normally that's not how I can grade. I, can, I, can I just say, um, I've been thinking it over, and I, I'm trying to weigh my options on whether or not I should lower my grade for Dead Man's Chest. But then again... I feel like the die is cast. Yeah, I, that's I think, true. I but, mean, you, you could have changed your grade I, for Spider-Man 2 a long time ago I, I don't, I, no I wouldn't change my grade for that it's a B minus and that's where it stays <laughs> I'm talking the amazing Spider-Man B plus I horribly right right, right 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 yeah. that's yeah Spider-Man 2 you stay in your B minus corner <laughs> it's a yeah, Spider-Man yeah you're right you're right I, I, I respect you Spider-Man I, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll leave it as, as I it, it, and these are really just snapshots of how we felt yeah. right after we watched yeah. I think that's that's fair yeah even if they're not completely consistent, I mean, we reviewed I would almost say, I would say on the whole, I, I've been happy with how my how consistent my grades have been. Yeah. 
there are some there, there's a couple here and there that I kind of regret what I gave them but sure yeah you're right I gave Alien Covenant a D minus should have been an F plus <laughs> It, it doesn't earn an F plus. What did I, I give that just like an F, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Oh my. That was violent. Continue. Um, yeah. Probably. I don't. I don't know. See, the the reason I wanted to change the grade from Dead Man's Chest from C minus to a D plus was because I wanted to give this a D plus. <laughs> I want them to be the same grade. This is what I'm trying to. I'm get. giving this a D. Okay. Five D. Okay. I, I think it's th- this is the epitome of a D movie for me because I think I did the same thing I know there's a there's a couple of other movies I've, I've given just like a flat D to Jurassic Park no no that's Britain's score yeah never mind uh, The Matrix Reloaded sure sure yeah I feel I feel pretty good about that because that's about how I feel about this where it's just granted I don't care quite as much about the characters in that movie as I do in this but yeah. there's only three and uh, whatever I'm, I'm I it's, it's I feel weird about being so stuck on this because I enjoyed it yeah but at the same time it was kind of boring sure how does that make any sense I don't know nostalgia for a movie that came out like six years ago or whatever but I don't think I'm even that nostalgic for it <laughs> I don't look back... That's what I'm saying, is that it only came out, like... Yeah. But I don't have, like, super fond memories about this movie, other than... I enjoyed it. I I got nothing. It's a question of... I don't know. I I think I'm gonna go C-. Okay. I'm not... I'm not sure. I'm backtracking Follow your dreams. But I'm not sure what my dreams are. <laughs> you're, you're giving me that look of just shut up and give it a grade. <sighs> give it a C plus minus D. It'll be fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. I'm gonna go D plus. Okay. I'm gonna D plus. Okay. Um, Fair. Mostly because that's the grade I feel Dead Man's Chest should have now. I think <laughs> overall, just story-wise, this doesn't have as many problems for me as the second one. Sure. But the second one is far more interesting, and there's just a lot more stuff going on. Yes. yes. Plus, it's also much more ambitious. And it has a lot more characters that I like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really, yeah. Uh, better performances. I'm really curious as to what you're going to think of the fifth one. I have no idea. The fifth one is... Interesting. Yes, I'm. 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 I'm ready. It's a continuity um, nightmare, but it's just a lot more fun. Like it has an energy about it that this one just does not have. No question. This episode will be our seventy fourth. This episode we are we are doing right now. Number seventy five is going to be Pirates of the That's Caribbean. That's what I was going to say. Is Dead Men Tell No Tales. We have tales. had a plan to after this franchise, and I thought it was going to be seventy five, but I think. I, I guess somewhere we messed the math, messed the math up. Um, was it Alien Covenant that could have screwed us up? Because could, be, we did that in the be. middle of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had a plan, and we could still go through with this. To do we want to reveal our our big 
showstopper here. I mean, we've already talked about this have before. We, have we? I didn't think we I'm, I'm pretty sure I brought okay. it up. Many yeah, maybe times. we. Maybe we have. Maybe we have. Um, the plan is was is to do a blind commentary of Transformers Five with Britain, maybe with someone else. Just some sort of spectacular that harkens back to our, our roots starting with the Transformers movies and screwing up the, the audio and the podcast several times and all that stuff um, do we want to, to break this franchise real quick just for the 75th special to go ahead and do that because I kind of feel like I'd, I'd, I'd rather do that I don't I don't really I don't really want this movie to be the <laughs> You don't want to be Dead Men Tell No Tales to be our yeah, 75th the, episode? Yeah, I feel like that's just lame. Even though it's the fifth movie? Yeah, so. <laughs> but Transformers 5 is the fifth movie. Exactly. As well. Exactly. Um, that, I, I, I honestly think it's, it's kind of like a coin flip. I, I'm good with either one. You I think to... I prefer to do the Transformers one, so. And obviously, if you're listening to this from the future, you already know what we've decided. So this sure. whole talk is a waste of time. Sure. Um... And I don't know how uh, we're going to do that as far as recording and everything goes. We'll, we'll find a way. Life will find a way. Um, Life will uh, uh, find a way. Okay, Adam West. <laughs> I was going for him, Shatner, but okay. Oh, okay, okay. I said Life will uh, find a way. Um, but yeah, so... I think that's that's what we're going for next. So that should be fun. None of us have seen Transformers Five yet. Well, I, I think we should aim to do that. But if we can't, then we'll sure, just do Pirates sure. Five. There, there may be there may be scheduling conflicts, so yeah. we'll see. I should and I should mention. I don't know if we mentioned this at the beginning that we both had very hectic. We the only reason we we missed a week is because we both had very hectic um, events going on. I was life came a knocking and it said, yeah. "Give me your time." They're <laughs> gonna say money. And money! But yeah, so, um... Anyway, you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com You always screw it up! Without fail! gmail.com. You can find us through the Twitter at HCTSequels. You can find us on iTunes, where Here Come the Sequels. And you can find us on YouTube. Yeah, where I have started to slowly upload some of the older episodes. Yeah, just the the audio at this with a, point with a nice I, fancy background in case you got that YouTube Red swag. At the um, at this point, I've uploaded the first ten episodes. It's it's just slowly. It's like whenever I can make time, sure. Then, then I will I will whip it together on Movie Given another another avenue, another channel of non revenue because <laughs> we don't make <laughs> any money off of this. But yeah. Um, and hey, did you enjoy listening to this episode of the podcast where we slowly just lose our souls talking about the Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> sequels? Give us a five-star review. It's never the ones we expect either. Yeah. With these these franchises. It's always like, um, we, we always, you know, come in, it, whenever we, we get really broken by a franchise, it's, become, we, it's because we came in and we were like, yeah, you know. I'm kind of excited about this, you know. I think we're gonna ha- we're gonna have a lot to say. It's gonna be enjoyable, and then we we start going. We're like, what did we do? Well, I feel like the only other time that's happened is Alien and Predator. I feel like it's the only other time where that's happened. It kind of happened. I don't know. Because we had Transformers. Well, well, specifically with Alien versus Predator, Alien and Predator, the the franchise. James Bond happened with that too. Yes. Yeah. 
Only because Spectre was such a huge yeah. disappointment. I was I was way too high on Skyfall. I I, I should fl- I should have flipped my Skyfall and Casino Royale grades, which I think is what you did. Yeah. So I, I, I'll go ahead and throw that out there now. If we're if we're being a we should we should make that an episode. We should make that an episode. We'll use old audio clips. We'll just go we'll like we'll, we'll rebase our grades. <laughs> we make that a whole episode. Oh my lord! The clip I, show. Yep. The here comes sequels clip show. That'll be our excuse for a clip show. Yeah. We we only have to talk for like ten minutes. We'd be like, yeah, I changed this grade. Here's what I originally said. Oh, fine. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, five star review. We'd appreciate it. There's got to be a better way to sell that, right? All right. So remind me, did I make a pun about this movie last time? Probably. Or did I make a pun about Outworld's End? No, I would. Yeah. So so this week. We're going to be talking about part... No, we're going to be talking about Transformers The Last Night. It's more like... Five stars The Last Night. <laughs> what? Trans five stars The Last Night. Point that's, that's actually not terrible. Be quiet, you. Point <laughs> being... If you really enjoy the show... Please, if, if you wouldn't mind taking a couple seconds to go onto iTunes and give us a five-star review, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, helps to grow the audience, and we just want more people listening to us. It'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Stay rogue, everybody. Oh, okay. I guess we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. 